Welcome to another episode of RTAF Podcast. Thanks for being here. Today, I'm interviewing Anthony Thogmartin. Anthony is a multi-instrumentalist, music producer, and teacher. He's also a big-time planetary advocate, as you will come to hear. He's founding member of the band Papadozio, produces music in his solo project, Earthcry, and has an online Ableton course on his YouTube channel called Seed to Stage. In this episode, we talk about consciousness, surviving as a band in the music industry for 15 years, the effects of social media and how to navigate the terrain, modular synthesis, and we discuss his newest body of work with Earthcry called Identity Mitosis, a concept album of sorts that seeks to convince the listener to identify more with the planet. Anthony has a lot of insight into many topics and it was a lot of fun chatting with him today. So please check out his work. I've got the links in the description and I don't really have anything else to say. So, oh wait, I do have one thing to say. What you're listening to right now is called Superiority Simplex. It's an earth cry cry tune off this album Identity Mitosis, which I just mentioned. So go give it a listen, go check it out, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So has this... Is is Koali now part of this too, or what's the? No, <laughs> no. Uh, but thanks for asking. Uh, he helped last time with with video for the podcast itself. I see. Okay. And the whole uh, five star rated video that we made together. It was five. It was six star. I would say six star. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally just one day. I was I was listening to his new album. And just painting and, you know, being high and feeling good. And I heard that song and I thought, man, this this just like reminds me in a good way of like feel good 90s sitcom intro music. <laughs> and I had this whole thing, like not exactly how it came out, but like some things flashed through my head and I was texting him. And he, we were just like, all right, let's make a video. <laughs> As days uh, go by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we found the full house font for it and everything, so that was fun. Nice. Perfect. But yeah, man, um, thanks for coming on the podcast. Do you mind if I record video? You can record video if you'd like, sure. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm covered up from woodworking. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let me find my notes here. This is the first time I've done it on a computer in a while. And I feel way more prepared than ever before. So that's good. Oh, great. Because I'm completely unprepared. So hopefully you'll make up for my life. (laughs) I mean, that's usually how I roll, though, too, is is just being like, yeah, we'll talk about whatever, I guess. But I think in order to feel good about it, I I kind of have to 
have a bit of preparation going on, you know? That's good. That's good. I support <laughs> yeah. that. Well, all right, dude. So um, I guess how has your virus break 2020 uh, been? I think, I guess, besides Aaron, you're the first uh, musician or producer I've talked to about about COVID and all the yeah. uh, all the things that happened therein. So what's changed for you, you know? Well, Melissa like... and I moved out to the woods. So, <laughs> and this was the craziest part is that the day that we moved was the day the stay at home, stay at home order happened. Right. So oh, wow. it was like, uh, are we, whoa, this is crazy. And then like, so we, we can kind of see Asheville from where we are. Yeah. And it kind of feels like I've been watching all of this go down, like, like with a periscope, like a like a pirate on the deck of a ship. You know what I mean? Like yeah. watching society, like, you know, reformulate itself and it's it's like, you know, center of whatever. And it's been it's been crazy because I mean, and and also I should say at the same time, what we have connected with is what I used to feel, you know, like uh, every single day, if you live in the woods long enough, you start to notice that every day there's a different seed that drops a different leaf that changes color, a different, like you start to notice these events and they're daily. And sometimes there are even mul multiple things happen in one day, a certain bird will leave or come back, you know, things like that. And so we've really like, I don't know, like I, on, on some level, I feel almost bad about how this is the life that we've been trying to cultivate for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I feel sort of bad that, you know, we're not in the shit with everybody else, you know, like, uh, in some ways, you know, but we're in the ideological shit because like, right, yeah. you know, the, 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 the component that's come along with, with all of this has been crazy to witness. And, uh, it's done all kinds of things to me personally. Yeah. Uh, everything from, um, let's see, everything from like questioning how I have been either an ally or not when it comes to what's happened with um, the, the, the POC issues. And then on the other hand, the coronavirus thing, like me calling into question where I stand and like me realizing that there's like this notion that you have to say where you stand, you know, and that you're not allowed to be shades of gray. You're either like, you know, of complete and other utter, like, you know, what would, what would you say? Like a complete and utter, like, you know, conspiracy theorist, or you're <laughs> like, you're bowing down to the MSM overlords and you know what I mean? You can't be like skeptical or else you're, you know, or, and you can't be like super wearing a mask all the time. Like you can't just be like a person. You have to either be insane or insane. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. There's almost no place to stand. It seems like. Yeah. I mean, and, and so I've been, I've been trying to trying to be as stalwart in the middle of everything as possible. You <laughs> know what I mean? Because, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that might make the most sense, but you know, I'm a, I'm a mask wearing American, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm dude. also a redneck now because I drive my truck in the woods. Oh nice. Know, so so if yeah. you guys it sounds like you all have been uh kind of more connecting to nature a little bit. Uh or maybe a lot bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's been it's been fantastic. I mean, for her, obviously, like, you know, making nature inspired art has been, you know, her primary focus this whole time. And being around like the you know, you know, you've been, you've visited here before, like, and you're, you're from the East, like yeah. how every single week there's a new like dominant mushroom, you know, that mm -hmm. appears. Mm -hmm. and you know, the chanterelle week was especially crazy here. And like, you know, it really, she puts those in her art and like, it's just cool to see her like in and around and like 
her life wrapping around these these things and it's influenced my music um you know this is a pretty prolific year i think for a lot of artists but we won't see how prolific it is until mm-hmm. next year i feel like everybody visual you know uh, audible everybody's got this huge body of work they're probably developing right now but we won't see any of it so we think that covid's been this like huge breaks applied kind of situation i don't see that at all you know what i mean i see like just an explosion of art happening we just don't know yet you know yeah well what's that you know saying or pseudo saying something like uh, bad times make for great art or <laughs> yeah. maybe i just made that up i don't know but uh yeah i mean there's been so much good music to come out this year and I, I know like what you were saying like a lot of i think music especially more than visual art will be seeing that in the next year because visual art you know we kind of release like how you did with identity mitosis like singles at a time it's mm-hmm. I, unless you're working with with big galleries and you can't share each single you put out until the gallery show um yeah i think that uh that it's been my most prolific year for sure. Uh, yeah. I, don't I think know. so Have too. You... I mean, like the fact that I see you pop up on the pop up on yield feed, <laughs> like, I mean, a lot more than normal. That's, I don't know, it's, you've done an impressive amount of releases this year. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah I've, I, um, I think a lot of it has to do with not going to so many events. <laughs> to be honest in this weird way it's it's that weird double-edged sword where I, I miss it but i'm getting so much work done and it, yeah i don't know everything's just been turned upside down but i think it's a it's a good thing for artists maybe <laughs> it can be yeah it certainly can be yeah. i mean yeah, it, it, we're 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 getting it from all angles at this point. It's like you know, on, on one hand, a lot of us on the tour industry needed yeah for our sanity to pump the brakes because I mean, just like everything else, like I'm sure you're experiencing this, where if you don't release art every month or something, then you you fall by the wayside, or at least maybe you think you do. Like it's all maybe it's maybe it's all in your head, maybe it's not. In the yeah. same way with touring, if you stop touring, you think that you know that. Oh, the band's over. No one cares. You know, yeah. it's like it's the end of an era, all this other stuff when really, you know, I mean, I don't even know if that's true or not, but all of us had that mentality. And mm-hmm. so not just the musicians, but the 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 tour crews, the, the, the stay at home managers, yeah. like the entire music industry uh, needed this for our hearts, but in our in our in our mental health. But what we don't, our pocketbooks are like, hey, wait a minute here, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> so right. it's like I don't know. It's it's like it, you, you give some, you take some. I I do see this though as like really for the for the, you know, the mental Long-term health better. It's we needed this. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I agree. Ways. I agree totally. Uh, kind of to that point. Um, so Papadozio, you guys have been around for what almost fifteen years now. Close to 2006 it. 2006 was our six so four yeah almost 15 years, yeah. um. So to me, like sitting kind of more on the sidelines from the music industry, it, it seems like for a band to survive that long nowadays is kind of it's more rare definitely than it used to be. But um, true, how, how have you guys made that happen? 
Uh, I don't, I know that's a very broad question and it might not, it's kind of a weak question, but, uh, I don't think that's a weak question. I think that that's, I don't know. And I'm, 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 I'm not sure if that's me being old or if that's me being, uh, realistic. Like on some, on some level, I'm like, how on earth can one artist that is a single producer make it nowadays? Mm-hmm. That you know financially, like h- how can they support themselves? Like, and then and then you you put into the equation how could five musicians five. Yeah. <laughs> at yeah. this point, how do you do that? Like, like how does Turquoise do it? You know, they're like yeah, nine yeah, or same. ten people. Like, yeah. are you kidding? Me? Like, th- th- it's so unfathomable to me how to do it now because I mean. I don't I think that there's a bad word in the music industry that no one wants to utter mm-hmm. but the truth is is that we are experiencing classic oversaturation you know Yeah yeah It's and it's and the people that have entered this world are people that are looking for the lifestyle not people that yeah. feel like they have to make art or they're going to lose their fucking minds you know like and that's where I'm at I I if I don't make things I start to slip and yeah. I get irritable. I shout at people. I do all kinds of things that I know I don't want to represent. And that's when I don't express myself. And I feel that the only way I can express myself is through music. But you have a lot of people entering the scene that see the the tour bus and the 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 attention, the sex, the, the yeah. all the money. Like they they see that and they and they that's what they want. And so you the, you notice the YouTube, for example, is inundated with how to make it to the top, you know, doing this and 15 secrets to get your, you know, whatever. And it's like, yo, that I hate to, to, to break up the party y'all, but yeah. like, you know, we're, you make art to make, to create something and to, to keep your head right and to be, and to try to offer something to people, you know, like it's not always about like how fast you can rise to the top because we notice what happens when people rise to the top too quick, you get your classic, you know, drugged out like burned out like you know kid with the mansion and then and then you know two two years after that he's not making music anymore he had to go to rehab you know like all the other things occur and it's because there's got to be this like slow burn situation now i should say that we would have absolutely burnt out done way too many drugs and (laughs) did and did all kinds of horrible things had we grown too quickly Mm -hmm. i don't think that we were specifically prepared for this any more than anyone else. I think we were a bunch of idiots. In fact, recently we were, we were reminiscing about one time we drove all the way back from New Orleans, you know, having been up for two days doing all kinds of who knows what substances. Yeah. And then one day, one moment we were like, let's drive back. We can do it. We totally can do it. And, that, and, and looking back, that was perhaps one of the dumbest things that we have ever done as a band. You know what I mean? And like, I, I, I look back on that now and, and, you know, that wouldn't even be close to what I would decide to do. But I think that we were just at the very top level. We were just lucky. Like that's nice. all I can say about that. Like I'm not gonna sit here and be like, well, you know, it's because we're the best band. Like no, right. listen to us back then. We weren't the best band. We were like, we were like, you know, the underlings of like, we were like the, I don't know. Like I don't want to like downplay it too much because a lot of people really like that early music, but it's more like people got familiar with it and it 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 spoke to a time it mm-hmm. somehow like worked and we got lucky we 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 committed those songs to tape that people felt were were worth it 
But, you know, there are other little things that we did. One thing we did is we said, we're not going to say Anthony wrote this song, Sam wrote this song, Rob wrote this song. We're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. We're not going to split the money in a way that isn't equal. We're not going to do any of that. You know, we're not going to, we're just going to be a team about this from A to Z. And that's been our kind of like stalwart credo kind of thing. And it's funny, you know, playing a show and looking out into the audience and knowing that almost everyone in the crowd makes more money than you, you know, <laughs> the sound guy, the, the the entire, you know, all those people are making more money than you. Right. But at the end of the day, what you're making is memories and, you know, and there's, there's this camaraderie that came through that. And I think that that decision was one of our better decisions. Mm -hmm. um, what has kept us together this whole time other than that? I don't know. Like Mike is a great, like our drummer, Mike is a great, uh, you know, he's a great guy and you know, anybody that meets him <laughs> right, loves him, right. but he's also our glue. Like he, he always takes these, these escalating horrible, you know, fights we have and he brings them down into, to the place they need to go. Um, I don't know, like thanks to him, thanks to the support from everybody really. I mean, if, if nobody cared, we'd probably be like, yeah, I don't care either, you know, but yeah, sure. Sure. People caring and it keeps you going, I'm sure. Like when you Oh, absolutely. To what you write, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I like need it for the podcast. Uh <laughs> but um you were talking about luck earlier and I actually have a question about luck, which is pretty <laughs> serendipitous, I guess. Um okay. so, you know, everybody talks about hard work and talent all the time. And most people nowadays are just talking about hard work, but I'm I mean you can definitely work your fingers to the bone and still not make it, you know? Um, Cause I just feel like there's, there's these small moments in time or, or situations or people you meet that, that steer you or, or kind of happen to guide you when you look back on them, you know, do, do any of those lucky moments come to mind for you? I know it's hard to kind of reminisce on the spot and be like, it was this moment right here, but, um, <laughs> this moment, man. Yeah. Um, I can definitely say that watching my heroes do what they do, at least I think put me in the right headspace. Like mm -hmm. uh, I recently was talking about having seen David Grisman play with his amazing five piece, uh, jazz outfit that I think they're, I mean, if, if it wasn't for COVID, I'm sure they would still be playing. Like that guy is yeah, like, yeah. you know, he's an ancient wizard and he's still, <laughs> and just watching that he enjoyed himself, even though he could absolutely retire at this point, kick right. his feet up. He's done. He doesn't need to do anymore, but he does it because he enjoys it. And watching multiple artists throughout these years, like enjoy what they do. I kind of realized that, I have to write music that I enjoy writing or I'm going to be on stage one day and be like, I don't enjoy this. Hey everybody. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but I don't enjoy this. And I don't want to say that I want to, that's why I think that you get, <laughs> you get these albums that, and you get these art pieces that artists make that people are like, uh, that's mm. weird. You know, they, yeah. they associate you with everything you've done up until that point. Whereas you, you're changing, right? You are Absolutely. morphing and constantly moving. And I guess if I could say anything, watching my heroes do what they do and enjoy themselves, even if I didn't think their record that they just put out was that great, watching their expressions, their 
their jovialty at like delivering the art is I realized a lot more important than it might seem. Oh yeah. Because it was what keeps things going. Like think about late Jethro Tull, like <laughs> that band got weird, man. Like what happened? You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and at the same time that you, you watch any of their shows, you, you know, you They're see at least blast. Ian Anderson having a great time, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that like enjoying it and loving it is, is just a powerful buffer to any sort of external, like chatter or, or even your own internal chatter about it. Like you just, just love what you do. You do your best and to it, love what you do at least. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I know, you know, okay, COVID, obviously a hot topic. I'm going to bring it back to like social media because um, okay. we're all seeing, you know, how, uh, what social media really is, I guess. You know, the business model they're in that is like keeping people pissed off and confused and inundated with way too much information. Um, but yeah, I, th I think like nowadays we we have so many voices coming at us. We can literally hear the opinions of potentially every person with a social media account on the planet. Um, so are there any other ways that you kind of buffet your art from that or do you, I noticed you're pretty active on Facebook, but do you kind of take breaks? How do you how do you handle that? How do you handle social media? I guess. <laughs> Not well. Yeah. I don't think anybody does. But I, I mean, so. uh, I guess I've only been relatively active there because I still see, you know, it, it's so easy to to say, okay, this has zero value because of what it does, right? Mm. When it can also do whatever you want it to in some ways, if you are willing sure. to any social media, I mean, regardless, like I'm not, I, I would like to be better at Instagram, but I'm not like <laughs> the, the, the nature of how you, you know, I guess I could be better. And I, you know, Melissa's really good at it. So, you know, she could definitely help me out, but <laughs> you know, uh, at the end of the day, like, I like the utility of being able to say things in a long format. So yeah. I guess I would say that my favorite media of all is long form media like this, like, like podcasts. Yeah. In a way, this is and social media, right? I, I guess it is, you know, and I guess that, and, and it also is, uh, at least at one point was the fastest growing style of consumed media in America. I remember right. reading that and that was kind of mind blowing and actually really, really makes me feel better about a lot of things because at the end of the day when you have like twitter for example which i i tried for a long time and couldn't do mm -hmm. when you have to say things that quickly no no nuanced concept could ever be delivered right so right. if you have to tweet things really short you you, mm -hmm. you end up falling into the the easy to fall into pit of rhetoric right and then mm -hmm. rhetoric becomes this thing where you boil a very complex nuanced topic down into a nonsensical, almost like be, you know, like, like getting rid of what the yeah. meaning was. Right. Yeah, yeah. And what I find still you can do from time to time is glean a lot of useful things. If somebody can say five or six paragraphs, you know what I mean? Yeah. If someone can sure. say, five, I mean, and then I, I, I have, I secretly, no one knows this, but I just eliminate, 
pretty much anybody that says anything that isn't offering helpful things. I'm, I'm on my feed and yeah. my, my social media feed for the most part is pretty fun to read. You know, sure, I follow sure. people that offer art mainly. And then I also follow people that happen to offer things of value. You know what I mean? And, and those are at least things that, that I appreciate, you know what I mean? And so I know that to a certain degree, I'm limiting the amount of voices available to me, but I also, anybody that is, is diametrically opposed to almost everything that I say, <laughs> I don't turn those people off either because I want to know yeah, what's, what's bubbling out there. You know what I mean? If somebody has an opinion that's diametrically opposed to mine, likely there's some truth in there right. because likely it's my blind spot. And you can fight the algorithm in some ways and you can, you can tailor that ag- algorithm into this thing that like aggregates information in a way that doesn't harm you. Right. And on the other angle of this, look, man, at the end of the day, you can see my, my strategy right before I have a release. I say <laughs> something to the order of Q Trump, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it just whatever. And then everyone's paying attention. Then you drop yeah. your record and move on. You know what I mean? It's just, you're playing the game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, hopefully what you say leading up to that, even though it's hot topic stuff, you say mm-hmm. something of value. You say something that people can use, something that yeah. hopefully makes them feel better. You know, at the Absolutely, end of the day, yeah. if, you can, if you can offer at the same time, you know how you win, you offer outrage, right? With yeah. your first paragraph <laughs> and you offer remediation further on down. You know what I mean? That's always been my well, like move, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, um, I, I'm pretty sure you saw that David Attenborough uh, biography documentary. The documentary, yeah, I cried where, multiple where, times. I did too. I did too. It was, I mean, heart wrenching. But then, like, he sort of brings you back into like the hopeful space at the, at the very end of it. Um, that's just what it reminded me of when you were talking about that just now. Um, so it's... you're you're kind of doing a combination of like curating, <laughs> and then listening to someone or some people who who just think way differently than you i think that's a great strategy honestly like a lot of times i find that if my initial reaction to a person is like "Mm, i don't really like that person (laughs) then it's usually something that i haven't fully like you know mastered within myself i guess like if you you know if you think someone's lazy or you think they're they you know sound unintelligent it's mostly because you're insecure with your laziness and slight you know whatever unintelligence um so yeah i think it's good to to keep the valve open but also curate because there are trolls out there as we all know sure yeah and at the end of the day like you witness that this these algorithms are designed primarily to make money and oh, yeah. and because they're primarily designed to make money, then then the fruit, right? I don't mean to get like all esoteric on it, but no, the fruit we that this tree is going here. to bear yeah. isn't going to be good fruit. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it encourages outrage and it encourages people to talk to each other in a way that they wouldn't normally ever talk to each other. It encourages all kinds of nonsensical behavior. But at the same time, it's a public forum. And right. it's the most, at this point you know, frequented public forum, which I wish that like Wikipedia, for example, was, or like, you know, there are, there are other social media that tend to show the truth more often. Like Mm -hmm. Reddit's a great example because when things are untrue, they get downvoted when things, 
you know, and people are saying, well, that's censorship. Well, actually, how about it's just true? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bulk majority of people, when they're using a platform, if it if you say something not true, and there's a there's a way to get it out of view or in view, I mean, that might be the best possible fact yeah. check, or you know, way that we have outside of. I mean, like I remember, like you couldn't quote the internet in school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you couldn't use that. And I think that 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 was a really intelligent way to look at life, but now because our we're challenging our institutions to rise to a new level of of you know our scrutiny is is rising right right like because we're challenging our institutions and our institutions in some way i mean like believe, i mean i believe it that that our institutions have in some way let us down like higher education is so necessary and so important for our sciences and for our, yeah. our medical thing and stuff like that but at the same time a lot of these colleges man they are just raking in the cash you know what I mean? I I see that they have a lot of overhead, but man, there are so many unnecessary college educations being doled out. And I happened to somehow have like made it around that. And, you know, to not be in school debt is almost like a, an exception to the rule in America. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so our institutions have, you know, kind of let us down in some ways. So I understand the, the, the counter arguments. But what I've noticed on social media is that if you instantly subscribe to the counter argument to, to, <laughs> to the mainstream narrative, for example, yeah, yeah, and you don't critically think about what you know that narrative is trying to sell you, you know, and for example, like Q, you know, we're just trying to sell you a social, a, a, a way to think about the world, a politically charged direction to take, right. and all this other stuff. If you don't look at that with the same critical mind. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you just you just jumped the tracks to the other side and then just like waited for the first piece of bait, you know, to <laughs> right. that yanked out of the water. You didn't think about the fact that there might be constant agendas pulling for your attention in every single direction. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, meanwhile, us artists over here are are I feel like most artists that are intellectually honest mm -hmm. don't know what exactly to say. Yeah. And don't know how to navigate the situation in a healthy, collected way because there's so much less that we know now than we've ever known before. There's so much less clarity yeah. to the facts than there ever have been before because uh, the what, what what's the word? What's the term? The the information ecology to 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 quote that uh, Schmachtenberger guy mm -hmm. is polluted, right? Yeah. And so we're trying to make art that says, hey. We're just holding up the mirror to society, man. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but we don't know how to hold the mirror. Like, we're like, wait, like, wait. Am I getting you know? a good reflection here, or is this a little off? Uh, or, or really am know. I crazy? Right. Yeah. Well, I think also one of the problems is, is that, like, you know, we can spot someone trying to sell us a product or service, but I think we're a little bit worse at spotting someone trying to sell us an idea or an ideology or a political movement or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. There, it's my whole thing has just been like, I don't know what to say, of course, <laughs> but like, I know that like Trump sucks and so does every other president basically. <laughs> but Trump sucked a lot more. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's like the end. I'm not even going to try and articulate anything like on the fly about it. You know, I, it's it's just so it's too hot, I guess. Um, I got to say that at least at this point, the best 
possible scenario has occurred. And that's that we can finally talk about these things right. without the context of having to bring Donald Trump into the conversation. Sure, yeah. That because he's he's vastly and very quickly dwindling in terms of his like Importance you know, effect on attention. anything. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't have to. That was something that like blew my mind that you couldn't talk about issues without bringing him up. Like you couldn't talk about like like why you know. Right. I mean, I'm still over here. Like I, I I'm sorry, I still haven't caught up. I'm still just like so blown away that this is even a talking point that that right, he yeah. has anything to do with American anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that that that's the thing that I still. I don't know if I'm ever going to like totally compute that that happened. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. It's, and, and it so, so doesn't compute. And it's like, uh, you know, yeah, he was outside of politics, but that's the guy like that is your outsider. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, so I don't anyway, want to get to move on because, yeah, because yeah, guess yeah. what? He, he's out of here. Yeah, you know, exactly. So. Exactly. But one thing, uh, I wanted to say is I've had this idea for a little while that if our normal social media was more like this, where you make a post, but then in the comments, the only way you can comment is through video comment. And I think that that would make people a lot more self-conscious in this good way to where they wouldn't be like cursing at someone for no reason or calling people names necessarily. I don't know. Let's build it. Um. <laughs> Isn't that sort of like TikTok in some ways? Like, I mean, I, I understand that TikTok is more like getting a, like a fishing rod and putting like, you know, like your, your, your boiled down most like manic <laughs> best possible representation of yourself and throwing it into the ocean of tags yeah, and hoping to like snag something yeah. like It'd be it'd be sweet if like uh, there was like a tree of threads, right? And like every time you went somewhere, like that tree of threads like breaks off into another tree of threads, and you know that. I mean, essentially, I'm I'm yet again describing sort of what Reddit is, right? But yeah, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> attributing a face. I think that's that's the interesting difference is that you identify yourself on social media. You know, you get mad, and then the that or or you say something incorrect. And then you have attached your, your, your whole, whole like, thing. you know, social yeah. credibility <laughs> yeah. to saying some nonsense, whatever that you said. Right. And, and we have a lot of trouble with, a good friend of mine says we are obsessed with being right. Mm, and I think yeah. that he's really onto something there. We're he's so right. obsessed with being righteous and correct. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get scared to even say anything on, on, on the mic anymore because yeah, yeah. first of all, it's the rhetoric thing. I don't want to just spew rhetoric. So yeah, yeah. could either say one thing like I love everybody and that's good enough or I could say another thing which would take me two minutes to say and then people would be like shut up you're preaching so it's like yeah. you know <laughs> I second guess that like you know like how do you even address an audience anymore without falling into rhetoric or like you know or saying something really ridiculous and oh yeah well Papadocio said this whatever and it's like I don't yeah. know man it's yeah truly an interesting time to be a person yeah it really is it really is. It's nice, though. I mean, for all, I have this weird, you know, I guess we all deal with it, but it's like, uh, how do you hold in in one hand, like, being grateful for all that we have right now, while still, like, 
wanting so much more, you know, and like knowing that we could do so much better. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a fun thing to talk about or think about too. Um, we had a good camping trip recently where, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and I got to say that what keeps me sane, I think the most is tromping through the woods, having deep conversations with my friends. Um, I'm, I live a pretty technological life that is juxtaposed very intensely by nature. Right. So it's like work on the computer, like freak out, do all this crazy stuff and then go into the woods and, and lose it all and mm-hmm. then go back. And if I can keep that going in a healthy ratio, it's very difficult when it's cold like this, but yeah. if I can keep that going in, in a good ratio, I get this, like this, there's a health there. There's like a recovery period. Um, and so I, I don't mean to, 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 to go too far in that direction, but bring up these hot topics and mm-hmm. we talk about them in a way where, there's, there's, you know, sometimes there's like arm over the shoulder with your buddy and you're just, you're sharing. And like, there's this connection there that like, that is so much more healthy for me to not, you know, instead of like, you know, arguing feverishly with my, with my fingers, I'm, I'm able to connect with somebody. And I really think that you're onto something at least in that, like, I'm looking at you and I see, oh, here's my buddy. Like, yeah. I miss him. I don't get to go to Colorado as much as I'd like to. And I feel this warmth. And I would, even if you said something like, dude, I, I mean, have you heard about this? Like, you know, this pedo ring that, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Biden is, you, you know, know, this vaccine's not you, real. I, right? I would, I would be less <laughs> inclined to be like, you know, you're an asshole. You know, I'd, I'd be more right. inclined to be like, Hey man, Come like, on, dude. <laughs> or like, whatever. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I would just be less of a douche about it because right. like, I realized that I, am a process and you're a process. A person is not what they say. Yes. What we say is only what we say when we say it, right. you know, a week later you could have come up with something else and, and you, you, you could have felt a different way and, and you're just experience. You're doing your best. I, I really feel yeah. like a lot of people, even though I do think a lot of people are potentially intellectually lazy mm-hmm. and that it's easy to just sink into the story that someone wants to tell you and, and, and attach to it because because we're so uncomfortable with not knowing what's happening. We're so uncomfortable with the idea that we're not sure about what's going on, that we attach ourselves to these stories. And and we attach ourselves to the idea that I'm not friends with that guy because he is crazy or he is whatever. Actually, he's just or she's just saying where they're at in this moment. And that's all. You know, yeah. our process is not, not, not what we say. Right. What we say is just a, a result of what we are in that moment yeah dude i'm i'm right there with you um i think our notions of the self are pretty wrong most of the time um in terms of being like a solid singular self with x amount of opinions and ideas or tastes whatever versus like you were saying being a process um and yeah, we're definitely afraid of the unknown. I mean, that's for damn sure as humans, you know, like I think that's why, you know, we're so afraid of death. Um, some people have fears of like, you know, I'm kind of afraid of the water, honestly, like I can swim, but like, I don't know. I don't want to be diving around and stuff. Um, 
but so getting back to that concept of self, um, this kind of dovetails, I'm going to try and make a dovetail. I'll probably end up just kind of like hammering a nail into a, a piece of a, a sentence here, but <laughs> so identity mitosis, I'm just going to pivot right to that. Okay. Um, to me, it seems like with that series, I love it by the way. I, I ended up finally like really watching all the videos one by one, um, past couple of nights. Bravo. Oh, wow. First of all, thank you. And, um, but to me, the, it, it's like a concept album. Would you kind of define it as that? Yeah, I well, I the <laughs> the themes came from walks in the woods with my friends, and and I I I just was like, I'm witnessing life in the way that in the context of being a person who is perpetually feeling guilty about everything, and I'm trying yeah. to learn how to navigate that, and I don't know if I've figured it out yet, but you know. I, every single day I learn about some insane thing that we do mm. that I didn't realize that we do. Like we're, you know, we, we, we ship our trash to other countries, right? Yeah. That's what we do as America in America. <laughs> we just ship our trash to other countries. And recently our other countries have been like, we can't yeah, have we don't anymore. want your trash anymore. <laughs> yeah. So like now, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, yeah. and, and we live in such extravagance without like the, the understanding of, of what we do. And, and also that there's so much nuance to what it means to be ecologically friendly. Like I, I, I learned recently, I think in your state, they outlawed plastic bags, which on the definitely in some, some, some places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I learned recently that that actually has a worse impact on the environment than using them because <laughs> it's so heavy to transport paper bags. And because uh... And, and it weighs also down the to, trucks and they burn more gas. And and sorry. it takes a lot more carbon to make the plastic bags, the, the reusable plastic bags. Uh-huh. It takes something like 10 times or 100 times the amount of carbon. or No, it's something crazy. It's like some really like 800 times the amount of carbon to make a reusable bag. And so every fifth day when someone forgets their bag, they buy a reusable bag. And, <laughs> and, and at the end of the day, it, you have to be so intelligent about how you're eco-friendly that like... That we yeah. need to be educated more than ever before about how to be a person. And like every single time these, th- that guilt comes up, I, I realized I was like, if I'm going to navigate this in a, in a useful to people way, I have to figure out how to do this artistically yeah. or else I'm going to just be a disgruntled old man, you know, yeah. saying ridiculous stuff on the internet. And, <laughs> and, and also at the same time being, an equal perpetrator in the act of doing the thing that I am not trying to do. So, so what I realized is that like in order to get the kind of overarching concept and, and context for what it means to be an ecologically sound person, I think that we have to zoom out really far. And so the first scene you see in the first episode is the earth itself getting inundated with all this technology and then you find out that this story is taking place in a supposed future where humans didn't make it. Right. And the only thing that was left was this entire like artificial general intelligence that had all these little encapsulated robots and they left the earth because there was nothing more to do. And they were out seeking everything and trying to figure out the rest of the world. But one of them le- got left behind and its job was to study the earth if and when the, the you know, 
ecologic system got back to like homeostasis, right? Mm -hmm. And so this has actually happened every single time that we've had a horrible situation happen, a mass, uh, you know, a, a mass extinction period. Yeah. We've the the Earth has come back and formulated some new manner of like uh, symbiotic relationships and yeah. you know a, a thriving ecosystem. And so there's no reason to assume that we could ever do enough damage to the Earth that that wouldn't happen eventually. Right. Now we could definitely do enough damage and we could do lasting damage that we, we could turn our, our planet, for example, into Venus, which if you're familiar with what happened on Venus, basically the carbon, you know, the carbon went so crazy that standing on the surface of Venus, the atmospheric pressure is so high that you'd be flattened like a pancake because mm. of how much carbon is released, you know, and who knows, maybe Venus was a, a garden of Eden back in the day. I, I, I can't really be sure. Yeah. But so so all that, you know, garbly gook aside, <laughs> I tried to create a situation where a relatively ideal thing happened in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What we discovered and what we became was an encapsulated seed, right? And so the earth keeps calling the AI little seed because the idea is that when the earth comes to this dying period, when you, when you watch a plant, right, you watch a plant, like go to seed, it starts to wilt and everything is seems It's so sad. It's like, Oh, you know, like yeah. usually in the fall, you see it in nature, you see like, you know, burrs start to appear on plants and you're just like, you're kind of sad. Sorry. Like it's yeah. like at the end of an era. Right. Uh -huh. But I think that the planet earth, why would we assume that planet earth is anything other than just a plant? Right. And mm -hmm. that like, we, we get this, we get to this degree where there's all this information and there's all this radiation. And, you know, if you see a heavenly body in space, the science around, if you start to see radiation ramp up around a star, you know that it's about to go supernova, you know that something's about to happen. And so if you look at the earth, that's what's happening now. Like we, a lot of radiation, a lot of radioactivity, you know, and, and, and we're, 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 that's what we're living through. We're living through the Holocene, the end of the Holocene, and we're living through what could be considered an extinction period. So mm -hmm. instead of being sad about it, what we can do is we can learn from it. And that's what I tried to do with this Identity Mitosis series. I want to shift, what the the reason that it's called that is I wanted to shift the, the, the identity from me being Anthony walking on earth and feeling bad about what I'm doing to me identifying with the earth, that I came from the earth and all this technology is the earth. Right. And that instead of vilifying my behavior what i can do is i can navigate it intelligently and realize that polluting is just making my life more difficult it's making you know the the the, the biodiversity go down it's making it's it's doing all these things that i don't have to attribute emotion to but what i can attribute to it is that there's a better way to do this mm -hmm. and maybe a way that we can move forward without having to go through what happens in the actual story here you know yeah yeah that's a that's a beautiful synopsis of that thanks for giving me like the the backstory there too um so but it also and and this is where kind of like what you were saying just now about you anthony as just like a person living in a society versus coming from the earth and realizing that like everything's interconnected and this is kind of where I was trying to dovetail the concept of the self and what I see in identity mitosis as kind of a the, the hard question of consciousness or the hard problem of consciousness, right? Uh, you've got 
I guess if there were a spectrum of of theories of of mind, like on one side you'd have complete, you know, reductionist materialism, and then on the other side you'd have kind of like a panpsychism, a kind of like mind and everything. Consciousness is all pervasive. Where like I guess if you were on this side, the panpsychic side, you would think um, the consciousness is kind of like the signal from the audio, you know, and then like everything else after that is whatever your amp, your pedals, all that kind of thing. And if you're on this side, you think that consciousness emerges out of, I mean, I guess if you're far enough this way, you think it emerges out of like the human brain and maybe a few others. Uh, and the feeling I get from watching identity mitosis is that you fall very squarely on this side of the spectrum on the, uh, consciousness being all pervasive and being first being kind of like the first thing. Um, I know I just rambled there for a little bit, (laughs) but you know, you got anything for me on that? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Uh, Within the name. So mitosis means when cells are you know, they're splitting off, right? right? And so the the image that you see on the cover is what it might look like for something being born, some, some, you know, the molecules of something, the cells, right? Uh, Kind of multiplying and, 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 and breaking off. And so built into the experience of life, there is this conceptual separation from life, right? We, 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 we want to get in there and the analytic mind, the rational mind, the logical mind wants to dissect everything. And I, you know, I got to refer to moments in my life of, of irresponsible, but intentional psychedelic use or, (laughs) or, you know, deep, deep experiences with meditation where me subject and everything else, there was no longer a separation between them. Mm -hmm. And I, like there was no witnesser there was just stuff and there was just there was just a plane mm-hmm. and i melted into that plane and i realized that in order to try to talk about this in a way that brought people hopefully back to feeling like they were part of something which is really what i want to do mm-hmm. with this is that to bring up the concept of identity and shifting what we identify with when we say, I'm me, you know, because if I was being totally truthful, truthful and intellectually honest about the experiences that I've had with that ineffable area, mm-hmm. I would say that I dance the dance of trying to be Anthony way too much and don't dance the dance of what I know to be true that I am and you and this computer and all this technology, as well as the plants and the everything, you know, the rocks and the mantle and everything that the earth is just one thing. And the universe in a lot of ways is just one thing. We are the ones that are trying to differentiate all of this mm-hmm. and shift our identity into smaller and smaller little bits. You know, where am I? Am I, am I here? Am I where I'm somewhere yeah. in the, in my eyes. I'm, I'm, you supposedly. know, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, but yeah. you know, like we just, could look at this in a way we could look at this in a totally different way. And I think that out of that formulating maybe even a, a, a science or a, formulating some sort of cultural, like, like point of view 
that was us, you know, and, 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 and we sort of did it in some ways. We sort of did it when the astronauts, there's an effect of looking back at the earth that, that, that there's a word for it. I wish I could remember, but there's this, there's this effect that it has had on every astronaut that realizes that when you get far enough away from the planet and you look back at it, you're like, everything that I have ever thought of or cared about or freaked out about or all that is in this tiny little blue dot yeah. floating on the, on the very periphery of an, a gigantic collection of stars that's floating on the periphery of some, you know, bigger ginormous, like nebula somewhere in the middle of like, who knows where. And like everything becomes different and that's happening simultaneously as the arguments on social media. It's, All of those yeah. things are happening simultaneously right. and our ability to zoom out, I think is, is our health. Yeah. It's, pers know? it's literally perspective, you know? Um, yeah. And I think not to bring it back again, but like one of the problems with social media is we're using like text and, and the written language, right? Which is an old ass invention, especially like coming from like the I, the singular person who is supposedly rational and, and reasonable. And, and then they're typing out these well, or maybe not so well constructed words. We're using like technology that's, that doesn't fit into the technology we have now, or it's just like, it's trying to play like a backwards compatible video game or something or. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but no, I, no, you're actually really good because a lot of a lot of the the initial concepts for this creation came from listening to Charles Eisenstein's mm. books because he talks about. I really love that guy. He's a he's a for your listeners who aren't aware, he's a modern day philosopher and um, also a, I mean you could just say that he's a really well uh, presented writer. And mm -hmm. he has a great blog to follow, um, offers videos on, on YouTube. Um, he has a satire that he wrote. I'm calling it a satire. I don't know if he calls it that, but it's called mm -hmm. The Ascent of Humanity. Mm -hmm. And in this book, he talks about the technology of water, which I really think is awesome because he differentiates that right now we're, we're, we're really having a great time with the technology of fire, right? And every, like, for example, a microprocessor is more efficient based on how much less uh, jumps the little electrodes have to make between each element, right? And mm -hmm. so it creates heat. That's why our computers, our computers create heat. And really, one of the biggest bottlenecks of our computing speed is our processor heat, right? It'll fry so, the board. Right. So, so, so at the end of the day, it's also size. But at the end of the day, we're using the technology of fire. We got all this electricity, and it's just we've got all this stuff, right? Yeah. And we're tripping out on it. But he talks about that. There's more than one way to to determine what, I mean, to define the word technology, I think takes a little bit of a nuanced approach. And so a lot of the themes that he went over in this, in this book, you know, where he's talking about the ascent of humanity, really, he, he talks about that our time is a convergence of crisis and, and these crises are all happening simultaneously. And, uh, I, you know, every single piece of work that he's made since then seems to derive from this, this like core, like new way of looking at the world that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, so yeah, when you talk about like, we're using, uh, we're using abstracted language. Right. And what is, what does that mean? So your listeners that might not know what, what the concept of abstraction is, it's when I say a word, 
right? I say tree. Tree conjures up an image of a tree in your mind, but the tree in nature has nothing to do with the word tree, right? right? Tree, it's like that, the word. that painting that, it, I think the title is, This is Not a Pipe, and it's a painting of a pipe. <laughs> I can't remember who did it. Um, Meg, I can't. I can't remember, but... I don't know if I'm familiar with that. It's but... a, yeah, I think it's, I, I can't, I don't know my art history well enough um, right now, at least, of course. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yeah, of course, um, it's slipping me right now uh, since I'm on the spot, but of it's, course. That's it's, how it always... it's a French painter because it was like, uh, you know, it was written in French. I'm not even going to try French right now. Way too nerve wracking. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, and it's the same concept, basically. It's like, this is not a pipe. You could make a painting of a tree and do the same thing. Well, I think that's the health. That's the health of visual art, for example. Instead of you saying tree, there's an abstraction level there, but it's a lot less. It's a lot closer. Words. Yeah. Because when you're painting an image, our most immediate sense is, is obviously visual sense. So mm. when you paint something, you can say a million things but you don't even have to say them. You don't right. have to extract, uh, abstract them to the degree that language abstracts. And right. with audio, I can play a happy chord and a quiet chord and, I can, and, and, a, and a sad chord and a minor chord. I can play a bunch of minor chords together on purpose so that once I get to that major chord, it sends the emotion right. even more. Yeah. The tension and release is, is even more so than it would be uh, you know, had I said a sentence. Because when I say a sentence to you, I'm hoping that you have the same connection to those words that I had exactly, and that that art speaks to you, but it's it's abstracted. Um, there's the story of in the Iliad, I think, or whatever, or the the Odyssey. Um, one of the one of the I'm trying to remember this, but Thanos is having a conversation with Plato or something, and mm -hmm. he's like, "Don't write down words. Oh yeah, when you write down words, people forget. They they don't know how to remember. If you write things down, this was back in the day when." We were starting to, to etch things on stone tablets and things like that. And, you know, the the tradition of reading to a group of people or storytelling mm -hmm. was this visceral thing. You were there, you saw the person's face and they were like, and then he smote the dragon with, you know, like back in the day, that was like how we, how we did things. And mm -hmm. story was this thing where we didn't need to abstract because the emotional component of saying words was still there. It's right. so watching the, the the chest heave at a sad thing or watching the eyes like get big when there's a scary thing, right? Yeah. That was our thing. And now it's like all these words. And then we associate this like ridiculous picture of a person that's the best possible representation of them. Uh -huh. Not honest at all. It's super hot, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like <laughs> yeah. whatever. And like and then we have all these abstracted words. And so we're so far away from what is yeah. That we're like, you know, that that we're all just like spitballing this like nonsense and really in a lot of ways fire technology mm -hmm. burning each other to a crisp. You know what I mean? And I really like that analogy because if because then it, 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 it promotes every right move after that. Every right move is promoted yeah. and, and encouraged. It encourages you to get with your buddies and be close, you know, and tell stories and, you know, it encourages the right stuff. Yeah, the the abstraction can be so far away from the experience, especially through the written word, unless it's a novel. I mean, you know, there's always novels. Sometimes can take you places, for sure. But <laughs> yeah. but yeah, getting so you were, we were talking about how like all the emotion is lost, right? 
all the tone of voice, the body language, all that stuff is lost. And we're just heaving, as you said, or as I guess Charles Eisenstein uh, said, we're just kind of heaving these like abstracted balls of small mouth noises (laughs) at each other. (laughs) And and it's, it's, uh, it's not the real thing. You know, I, I think that's a good point to make. That's a good, I guess, place to, to, to pivot to something else. Maybe, um, speaking of hot, hot things, uh, modular synthesis seems really hot (laughs) right now. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting because it's so old. The tech is so old. Yeah, like our first synthesizers were made. Uh, like a, a, a rapid super Spitfire history of it is that back in the day, you know, the only way you could make a a, a sound synthesis wise mm-hmm. was taking a, a box that did one thing and another box that did another thing and plugging that box into this box. Right. Then you got enough boxes in a row that do very specific jobs you finally get a sound that sounds somewhat akin to something real, right? Yeah. And that's the that's the modular idea. But it has so many horrible caveats. You can't save anything. The moment you unplug it, it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You 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 it's it's very expensive to do because each the idea is that each little box does a, does a job very well. The mm-hmm. the best you could possibly do that job if the the manufacturer is doing a a good enough job, that little box should do its best job. But it's also very, you know, in order to get that kind of like, you know, that, that quality up, you know, it's going to cost you a little bit. And it's it's this whole funny thing only in the eighties did we did, I think it was Yamaha came out with the DX seven synthesizer that saved patches. Right. So you could, you could perform with your band, you know, Depeche mode could get on stage and do the, do what they do because they could, Say they could push a button and then another voice would come up. Anybody that's ever used a Casio keyboard, mm-hmm. you can sit down and push the clavinet and mm-hmm. funk out, or you right, can yeah. push the piano. That actually was, you know, pretty recent technology if you think about it. Like synthesizers were around since the late fifties, and actual being able to call up a patch, you <laughs> know, like that was in the eighties. So I mean, like imagine how much time we spent, like. You know, and also it was so expensive that, you know, you couldn't afford unless right. you were a, a college or the Beach Boys or something, you couldn't afford to have a modular synthesizer. And nowadays, like, you know, the technology is getting cheaper and cheaper and it's getting more and more popular. Uh, I think it's because <laughs> it's it's because of multiple things. But one of the th- one of the things I think that's made it so popular is, you know, that meme where it's like the goat farmer. Have you heard? Of oh, this yeah. Meme? I'm just a simple. uh <laughs> meme farmer <laughs> no i'm just a simple goat farmer yeah, because yeah. uh yeah and, and so i think that people want to make original sounds and due to the nature of of how original you can get with these like boxes you know uh that's kind of like what has occurred and mm-hmm. yeah modular synthesis is a trip man it's it's crazy because on a on a consciousness level we can take this we can kind of like dovetail into what we were talking about you realize that you're just using voltage Right. Right. The way what travels down those wires is voltage and voltage can only do three things. It can go up in frequency. It can go down in frequency or it can stay the same. And that's it. It can't do anything else. So when I'm sitting there, I remember like one day I had this like I had this full on like brain exploding like moment where I'm like, oh, my God, that's how consciousness is. Yeah. And that's like frequencies, like colors, like everything that I am, everything that I feel and experience is either going up, down or staying the same. And I had this like, you know, I realized that like this little box is this like conscious being in some ways that's like 
it's life. It's like, you know, it's voltage. It's like, you know, I experienced my brain doing synapses in the same way yeah. that I'm making music. And I think that's another reason why it's become so popular because it's such a visceral, it's like playing an acoustic guitar in some ways. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're making electronic music, but instead of this computer and all this, you know, all this nonsense, you just have this like really immediate like thing right in front of you, you know? Nice. And so you, uh, are you still using that? Um, I know you haven't played a live show with earth cry in a long time, but, um, is that, I think the last time I saw you perform, you were you had your modular with you. It's it's or definitely a constant it. companion. Yeah. Uh, I I I I did a show recently where I found a, a log that was full of uh, uh, turkey tail mushrooms and slapped it on a table and did Amanda Sage's Vision Train gig and. Uh -huh. uh, it was really fun. And, uh, I, and believe it or not, I, I was using plants for the longest time with these little electrodes mm -hmm. and there's a module called the scion that takes voltage from these, from plants and turns it into usable signals that you can scramble up, you know, sounds with. Right. So it's yeah. totally crazy, but I didn't realize that mushrooms were a lot more reactive than plants. Like I have these house plants and every once in a while I'd have to like wiggle the plant a little bit to get it to like think yeah, or yeah. to do something. Thing, you know yeah, yeah. whereas mushrooms are just they're just constantly constantly making voltage and that's so mind-blowing to me in so many ways and so like you know uh, a friend of mine in town noah has <laughs> he joined tiktok apparently recently and had the scion and nice. has blown up because people are so blown away at this phenomenon that mushrooms happen to be really great modular synthesizer players i guess well man there's so there there's got to be some way that we can, I don't want to say, I guess, exploit that technology in a positive <laughs> way. I didn't want to use the word exploit. I couldn't think of anything exploit else. Exploit is very human, though. You yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's all good. Yeah. I don't know. You know, my mind kind of races too fast for me to catch up when I'm, when you say, <laughs> like, yeah, mushrooms are thinking. It's like, they're definitely closer to us in the uh, the old tree of life, right? I, I mean, they were plants, here than plants. Yeah, I guess they were here way before plants. Yeah. So I mean, that's 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 pretty interesting. Uh, I think they were the only plant life in the first extinction period, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, that's that's or, saying a lot. I mean, that's that's kind of I mean the the fact that and they're still apparently the biggest no known like life form on Earth mm. is mycelium. And so I mean, I don't know that. Of course, you know, it's it's very cliche and very simple to like sing the praises of mushrooms, but I mean, yeah. Uh, I think that we're going to discover that and you know, Paul Stamets has been on this tip for a long time. We're going to discover that some aspect of what keeps human human life going is going to probably be attributed to fungus. Yeah. And you know, I find that it's really interesting that even even when it comes to something so ridiculous as like making electronic music with this with a modular synthesizer that they happen to make a lot of usable signals i find that's just yet another right you know it's another this like pro, fantastic puzzle yeah you know? it's another pro on the uh on the side of uh mushrooms right? it's another checkbox <laughs> on the pro side of of mycelium um right. so yeah speaking of of mushrooms uh do you do you have any habits um before you step up to create something do you 
uh, prime Are you asking yourself. me if I do a heroic dose before? <laughs> um, uh, sort of. Um, you know, <laughs> what are what are some habits that keep you in a state of uh, high performance? I guess. Uh, well, I definitely mentioned the the main one, and that's like being outside. In fact, like the yeah. the the melodies. Somebody said something recently that legit made me cry and shout at my computer. Like they were like, we, we put out a song called Versicolor, which is, you know, our, our last Papadocio record was dedicated to mushrooms. And mm-hmm. um, Versicolor is, is uh, one of the technical terms for turkey tail mushrooms. And hiking, I get ideas. I get boom. Like it's like I, I hear melodies and I sing them into my phone usually. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those songs. That was one of those like directly from taking a hike, had an idea. And okay, it could be two things. I want to say... <laughs> The magic of the forest, man. Yeah, I yeah. want to say that, but that's probably not as true as I'm. I am disconnected enough from technology long enough that I'm allowing the stream of ideas and health that comes from that to come through me. That would probably yeah. be the less awesome and more truthful way to 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 claim what's happening here. But that is sort of what occurs. Mm-hmm. And someone wrote, and the reason I I I, I cried and shouted. Someone wrote, this song reminds me of hiking. And I was like, yeah, like, I was like, that is the top com- compliment I've ever had in my whole life. Like, that is it. You have, you know, like I, you know, I, I, I can, I can check out, man. Like I did it. You know what I mean? Like, there we go. So, yeah, I mean, I would say that the habit, the best possible habit for me is leaving this technology behind for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that it diminishes me. I think it diminishes to be stuck right here the whole time diminishes me. And so that's why I'm like drawn to the modular because I mean, it's not my screen. It's not this backlit bleeding my eyes out. Like it's not this like thing that's like chewing my brain in half. Like I, 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 you know, or an acoustic guitar out in the woods. I mean, around a campfire with friends at the end of the day is always going to be for me a superior method to, to scoop the ideas out of my brain. Nice. Um, And I think it also could be that I'm older and that I do think that the younger generation is more able to do this. And I think that we want to, I want to instantly vilify TikTok, for example, and say that the attention span of these youth is, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But really, at the end of the day, what if they're just better at tech than we are? What if uh, five yeah. generations down from now, when everyone's got some sort of cybernetic aspect to their body, which again is an earth technology, it's earth, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I want to vilify that instantly. But at the end of the day, if I really, really think about it some asshole back in the day was like i'm never gonna use those newfangled shovels man yeah my yeah, hands exactly. are good enough i can dig this with my hands and i have more tactile i can get in there with my finger you know like yeah well it goes back so, to that yeah. meme you were talking about about now i'm just a goat farmer because like, I'm just a goat i farmer. harvest their skin so that i can make drums you know it's the same thing like if you take it all the way back like i you know it seems like every new push in technology there's a certain sector of the population that's going to be like i don't know seems dangerous <laughs> like you know like uh, you know 5g now is the is the new one I that's think. my favorite yeah <laughs> oh, using that's my computers favorite. and the internet to bitch about what the internet is becoming <laughs> yeah. like it's like yo it's hilarious flash there buddy hey let me turn this light on because i'm going to disappear it's getting for dark sure here. yeah I've, I've been noticing that Hello. Hello. Welcome back. So did you make the, are those, um, 
I don't know what they're called, but I'm just going to make up a word like sound, they're, uh, they're sound deadening. Yeah, they're acoustical treatment in here. They're uh, bass traps, actually. They might look bass like diffusers, trap. but they're just bass traps. Bass. They're uh, <laughs> they're uh, bass traps with scatter plates on the front of them. I'm not really so sure how much the scatter plates actually do. They're supposed mm-hmm. to diffuse sound a little bit and kind of take high frequencies and make them go different directions. Honestly, uh, Homie Kowali's got a lot better diffusion in his room because he built those... Uh, those kind of cool looking like geometric like they look man just funny little side note about that they look like foam to me the first time i went in there and i was like what and i was like oh <laughs> and they're like straight up for anyone uh listening or watching you can go watch the youtube video i did with quali they're in the background and they look like these nice soft foamy things because they're like pieces of like one inch by one inch, like wooden squared at the end sticks or, you know, pieces of wood. And, but for some reason, the way that they, they poke out at different levels. So they look like kind of curved, you know? <laughs> and my dumb ass was like, man, I like touching soft things and then smacked it and hurt my hand. Um, Sorry to go off on that tangent, but did you? Why do I destroy everything that I love? <laughs> <laughs> like my hand. Um, did you make those? That's what... no. This okay. I, I, I've made a couple bass traps in here, but those are made by a company in Atlanta called Gik. Shouts. Which anyone who's like looking to, you know, do a quick plug here. Anyone who's looking to acoustically treat their room, it's great to build traps, but when you buy from a company, they don't make commercially available things that absorb sound as well as actually a company that's making specific, you know, tools for bass trapping. So mm-hmm. in this room, I have a lot of GIK stuff and I also have some OC 703 bass traps that I've built myself. Nice. Um, I kind of go back and forth. This is not the most ideal room, but nobody's room is ideal, but this is the biggest room mm-hmm. I've ever been in thus far, which another thing to know is that the bigger the room, the better, uh, you're going to get frequency response wise because there's less of the room involved in what you're hearing. Um, but yeah, it's a little, little nerdy side note, but let me show you this. This is pretty interesting. Okay. Ah, <laughs> very nice. I had to still make it into the bathroom somehow. So uh, yeah. <laughs> you want to trap we, yourself in completely. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to figure that out. Nice. But, uh, um, so yeah, you were t- you were kind of just dropping a little bit of uh, acoustical treatment knowledge there. Um, let's talk about C to stage for a little bit. Sure. I watched some of those videos just to kind of get a feel for them. Of course, uh, playing guitar myself and having not used Ableton in twelve years or something now, um, I looked at uh, how to make a good guitar tone. Uh, <laughs> through Ableton with with Anthony. And it was great, man. I actually learned a lot. And I mean, just just from watching that, I, I watched maybe about half the video. I learned, I mean, you can take that to an actual rig too. Um, so very helpful. Congratulations on that. Um, did you have anyone directly teaching you ever like, I mean, take it all the way back to any kind of mentor you've ever had. Did you have anyone that, like, stuck out who who taught you things about music? 
not really. And I really yeah. wish that I would have because I watch my heroes. And I know that learning some of these things from a young age would really help. Like Rob Kampa from Dopapod is one of the most amazing musicians I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And he got a relatively professional education in music. And here I am still learning about, you know, little micro bits of music theory and things like that. But uh, my guitar, <laughs> this is funny, my guitar teacher, the first one I had, I he was very Christian, so he wouldn't teach me like the songs I wanted. I wanted like, <laughs> yeah. Can you teach me like smells like teen spirit? And he'd be like, that's secular music. And then the second guy was even worse. He was, he would teach me like riffs and then he would solo over them. And I was just his backing track. I realized. And so I didn't have a good experience with music. And then, and then yeah. in school I was the guitar player in the jazz band. Uh -huh. And I, I get like, you know, play a, you know, B flat, flat five, you know, 13 add whatever. And I would, you know, see his huge chord names and be like, Hey, music instructor, how do I play this? He was like, just play the root note if you don't know. And I'm like, For what? <laughs> like, teach me. Like, I want to yeah, know yeah. how to do this. So I, I, no one taught me. And so I got real frustrated. I never went to college. And I knew what I wanted to do with myself. And so I just had to, like, figure it out. And I, and I found myself in a basement. All these girls were living in this house in Athens, I found they, they, they were, they allowed me to live in their basement in this photo <laughs> development room for like, I think it was like 150 bucks a month. Nice. It was, it was essentially like a closet. There was no real walking space and there were two shelves on either side. And I had a PC and I, yeah. I downloaded Ableton five live five in 2005. And oh, wow. I was using fruity pro fruity loops, yeah, which yeah. is a pretty hilarious Awesome. And it's become something incredible now. I can't even has believe it? how far that software has come. Yeah, there's producers that only use it now. And it's like For they're real? making insane oh, cool. music. But anyway, I long story short, like I kind of figured it all out down there. Like, you know, eating like weird brownies and like locking myself in that room and I like, figured out like sort of some stuff. And I got so like confident with it that like I started to just record the band's records just using that. Mm -hmm. And it was really weird at the time. It was like the worst software ever. It crashed all the time. Anyone who's used Ableton before Live 8, for example, knows. That's that the last one I, I looked at. It was tough. Right? You, yeah. You couldn't get through like an hour of using it without it crashing back in the day. And now it's become this amazing, you know, incredible thing. And yeah, I, I mean, what's going on right now is I had to learn how to pivot. Basically, mm, right. you know, in order to stay afloat you know it, it's really sad a lot of my friends are on you know they're they're on uh unemployment you know they don't have any tours set up you know venues are closing down left and right and i was like i see this happening real quick i, I got up here and i was like all right melissa like i have to film a course because there's no other way i gotta figure out how to pivot so what i did is i i leveraged my you know youtube presence which i think is like forty eight thousand fans at this point, some crazy amount. Cause nice. I guess the, you know, the, the, a live musician hasn't got on there and talked about stuff. So that's why I think it's worked out for me. Mm -hmm. But I was like, yo, I got these courses now. So I, I was able to like somewhat get some, I got a lot more students than I would normally be able to have. Yeah. And, you know, to bring up quality one more time, I was supposed to have done a, a live school with him there in Denver. And I had two, cause the, the success of my in-person school has gone so well that I was able to expand it to multiple cities. My original goal was to do like, you know, six cities tour. all across America. And it would have been this amazing thing, but yeah. you know, here we are and it's all worked out. So, I mean, if any of your listeners are interesting or interested in this, I have 
Ableton courses that I'm teaching and I can divulge a lot of information through them. And they're basically just like me uh, talking to you about like songwriting and composition or mixing with the software and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I'm obviously always going to be putting out stuff on YouTube, but nice. uh, yeah, that's where I'm at now. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I have a quick question. Um, so I've got my zoom H six here. Um, I went out and bought a 3.5 millimeter to XLR. So that's how we're hearing you right now. Nice. But I really wanted to um, use it as like an actual audio interface and c record directly into GarageBand. Mm -hmm. And um, it said that I could use battery power to get rid of this uh, really, really awful, like, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, like this mm, sound that it makes because it's like pulling power from the computer, I think. Right. Um, and the batteries died uh, real quick. So I don't know what my question was, but um, do you know a <laughs> workaround for navigate, that? How do you navigate that? Well, yeah, well yeah. check this out. I actually have the, the your solution in my hand. Uh, you'll notice that there are USB little devices that oh. one of the sides will provide the power, the other will provide the data connection. What happens with some USB devices is that there's a ground loop, that's what you're hearing, yeah. that occurs when you are plugging one device in and it's supplying the power. Right. What you can also do is unplug your computer, it'll likely go away. Well, but here's the problem with that. I have an old ass computer. Really, that's the, I was, I was the other day, just, uh, just real quick, I was like cycling between getting this, um, this XLR to 3.5 inch and, and just getting a new computer. Cause initially I was using like the, the, like, um, the eighth inch or the uh, quarter inch like adapter to put it on. I know this is getting really techy for anyone still listening. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was literally like, all right, do I go and buy this like $16 like cable or do I just get a new computer? You know, like what should I do? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just uh, something interesting, but what that USB thing, uh, very cool. I'm gonna have to check that. Oh, out. check it out. The, the the your your interface is there. The that little Zoom recorder yeah, yeah. for your listeners that aren't aware. Zoom makes Here. a bunch of field recorders, uh, and right. anyone who's familiar with like the work of like Erothyme or whatever, like a lot of his music is influenced by what he finds out in the world with his little recorder, right? So yeah, these are really great pieces of technology, but used as an audio interface is kind of like the last. That's like an afterthought. Oh, you can also do this. Right, right. Getting uh. They're really, really cheap interfaces that you can get that mm -hmm. are really inexpensive, and they won't do that. So most oh, like, okay. like the like the Sapphire series, they're really cheap. I, you should look into that. I did have like a old M Audio laying around somewhere, actually. Likely, that's not supported anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know how it goes. Um, but anyway, anyway. man. Um, one last question, and uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Um. What else do you want from your music career? You know, you you have a band, a successful band. You have a successful solo project, and you're teaching. Uh, is there anywhere or anything else that you're interested in, or where do you go from here? I just don't know what else to do. And again, like yeah. I, I feel kind of 
I should I should learn how to navigate this. I I think that a growth edge for me is to learn how to be okay without having to make art because I think that that would be insulating myself for if like shit hits the fan and I gotta like, like you really know like, hits the fan. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I gotta like survive or whatever. Like it, it's it's this weird and it's not like I I would ever have to not sing or play a guitar or something. It's more just like this. I don't know. I, I, I think that if I wanted anything out of music, it would be that it would continue to take care of me the way that it has. And right. it's been a big leap of faith as I'm sure it's the same way with you and those paints, you know what I mean? Yeah, like they sure. really, they take care of you in a way that you can't even describe. Right. And, and, and without them, it's almost like being a lover who's afraid of being alone. It's like the same, you know, it's the same feeling that I have when I consider what my life would be without music. And, and, and so I guess if I wanted anything from music, it would be like, don't go anywhere, baby. Like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> love Very me nice. still. But I, you know, I, uh, I, <laughs> I hope that I'm serving it as well as, as I intend to at least, you know? Nice. Well, okay. I lied. One last question. Um, <laughs> if you could, if you could give a young uh, musician or producer coming up, or, or say yourself like um, fifteen years ago. Any advice? What would you give them? Hmm. Uh, man. If I could give myself advice, mm -hmm. fifteen years ago, it would be not to second guess myself so much. I spent most of my time, I think, spinning my wheels, freaking out about whether or not something would be well accepted, and it slowed me up. But I think that if I could say something to anyone wanting to do this now, it would be that I think that you have to, in some ways embrace technology and still, but at the same time, learn how to let it go and learn how to like, learn how to strike a healthy balance because technology is obviously how it's the vehicle upon which people discover you nowadays. And right. without it, there is no realistic way to expect a miracle, you know? Right. And so like at the end of the day, developing healthy habits early is super important for any artist, visual or otherwise. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be this thing where you don't go in for 10 hours and do the same thing the next day and expect yourself to feel okay. Cause you're not. And you have to learn to enjoy it. You have to you have to enjoy what you do and you have to love what you do. And if you don't love what you do, try to figure out why. Are you are you trying to please everybody or are you or are you actually expressing yourself in a way that's honest and and sincere, you know? Like and I think that if you can do that, it'll take you really, really far. I mean, people really react well to what do you call it? Uh, authenticity, you know? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Like when you, you know, like when you've, when you've made like a painting from your heart, you can see the shares and the, all that other stuff because like it came from something real. That's all anybody wants is just something real, you know, right. that's what they want. So if you can give that to them, you know, and you can, you, you give yourself a gift really. Right. You know? Right. Well, that's a beautiful place to end, man. Um, thanks so much. Um, where can people find you? Where, where do you want to point them right now? Uh, so, so for now, you uh, earthcry.net mm -hmm. is is it's is at this point finally being updated with kind of like a 
experience of identity mitosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a place where you can watch all the episodes and I'm, I'm going to kind of add some like extra goodies there. Um, so if, if, if I could get anybody to do anything, it would be to kick back with your best friend, your lover, whatever in this cold time mm-hmm. and just watch the series. It's only an hour long. The whole thing is an hour long altogether. The final episode, this will probably be out after the final episode, but, um, you know, after the 18th, it's all going to be available to watch from start to finish. If you play the first episode, it goes through all of them, uh, as playlists do on YouTube. So just give it, give it a watch if anything, because I want to continue this conversation around what it means to identify with the planet. You know, I think it's a cool, it's a healthy thing for for us all to do. And I mean, even if what you want to leave is criticism, I would (laughs) much rather be talking about this than to not talk about this. You know? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you. you. And thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Peace. Much love y'all. Love y'all. Thanks again for checking out another episode and thank you, Anthony, for coming on and sharing some insight and some perspective with us all. Do yourself a favor and head over to earthcry.net to check out all of Identity Mitosis. Great tunes, great storytelling, great representation of panpsychism Gaia speaking to an AI in the future who would have thought it well Anthony did and I'm stoked that that idea is out there if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate review subscribe tell your friends that helps tremendously getting it in front of other people's eyes and ears organically through the Apple algorithm, the Apple podcast algorithm. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, comment, share. Let me know what you thought. Still have t-shirts and hoodies available at motif, M-O-T-E-E-F-E.com slash R-T-A-F. And I just ordered myself an R-T-A-F hoodie. So next time I do a video, I'm going to wear it. If you want to support the podcast, that's the best way to do it for right now. Be on the lookout for some Patreonage in the future. And I appreciate your support and your attention. Y'all are amazing. And I will catch you next time. Peace.
Thank you.